Hello, and welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers, the podcast for those curious about the non-finance aspects or the human side of working in accounting and finance. I'm Susan Nicriazon, and while I believe there is beauty in balancing a set of financial statements, the intricacies that underpin the workings are wondrous. The real beauty for me is in working with people. The intricacies that underpin our workings are wondrous too. And not one particular combination of input or formula will ever generate the same result. Join me and my guests as we place a lens on some of these wondrous intricacies that make us unique. And as we share insights, knowledge and strategies to inspire your life beyond the numbers. This morning, I'm delighted to welcome Robin Kijak to Life Beyond the Numbers. Thank you very much, Susan. It's great to be here. So many people feel that accountants and accounting and finance is boring and perhaps full of negative stereotypes. But your website, There's Nothing Funny About Finance, claims that that will stop right here. Tell us how. (laughs) And I think... Yeah, there is this there's this big problem with stereotypes in finance. You know, we're bean counters, we're we're controllers who say no, you know, it's it's all about the risk. And you know, some of it's true, but then there's a lot of work that needs to be done to disprove that. And I think we've got a lot to offer beyond just giving a set of accounts to somebody. And it comes down to the fundamental fact that we're all people at the end of the day, and it's all about relationships and 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 building those relationships and using I don't know what you want to call them, soft skills, is, is seems to be the common term, but I've seen them called human skills or even, even superpowers from some people that, yeah, this makes a difference. And I think if you can make that dark art of finance and accounting seem straightforward to people who aren't in it, then you've got a lot further to go than people who just want to sit in their little predefined cubicle pigeonhole, if you like, and say, you just do the numbers and we'll take care of the rest. So if you can build those those human skills and change your personality, sometimes people shy away from that. I don't want to be themselves at work. So I think if we can build on that, then you're in a good place within your career and you set yourself up for success. Absolutely. And it's interesting what you say about people shying away from letting their personality shine through. So you you bring humour to the workplace, Robin. Do you let yeah. it shine through? Um, I try to, to some degree. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because there's there's that balance to be found. And it should be, obviously, appropriate humour. So you don't want to you know, discriminate and that sort of thing. But if we can all laugh about the same thing, laugh at a situation we're going through, that not only does that sort of bring some light to the day, but it also builds you together a cohesiveness of a team. But then you've also got the opposite side of that, that you don't want to become, this is a, an inside joke and everyone else is, is on the outside of it. So it's it's very much a balance in that to be found. But yeah, and I think I, I do try to bring humour to the workplace. I do try to drop in a joke now and again, um, just because we're there a long time, aren't we? We're at work, you know, eight to 10 hours a day, perhaps. And it's if you can't have fun then, you know, when can you have fun? Well, I'm sure you can have fun outside of work. Ah, as well. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely humour lightens the mood, doesn't it? And there's something infectious about it. 
Absolutely, yeah. And if you can get people laughing, that gives a, a good a- atmosphere. And I think a lot of it comes back to culture as well. You know, that has a big impact on culture. So if, you know, if people are just constantly talking about work and, and that sort of straight down the line, we need to get this done or else X, Y and Z will happen. You know, that, that creates a culture of everyone's very task-based and needs to crack on rather than, you know, let's work together as a team and get the job done as a team. And, and by doing that, we can have that levity and that humour within the workplace. And are people surprised when you meet them first, say, and you are funny? Yeah, I think so, sometimes, I guess the, the, the reason for the name, nothing funny about finance, it came out when I was um, at DHL, if I, if I tell that story. Do, um, please. So, so we, we, they had like a management training course that I went on. And in, in that, you went through various modules, uh, looking at the, the bigger company picture and what uh, various departments did, those sorts of things. And it came to the end and we had a, a presentation to do to some quite senior execs and that. They all came in and you had to sit down. So very nerve wracking. And what we'd been asked at the very start of the uh, course was if you had, if you had to be a, a, something in the kitchen, what would you be and why? One of those sort of icebreaker yeah, yeah. questions. So, so me being me, you know, I sat there and I thought about it. And I said, okay, this is it. I'm going to go for it. Um, so, so I said, no, if, if I had to be anything, I'd be a fridge because, you know, in a finance, we, we sit in the corner and we hum. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, then, and then I sort of followed it up and I said, but I'm cool with that. And um, so, <laughs> so I got, I got a bit of a laugh. So I thought, I'm going to put this into my presentation at the end. And I was saying about, you know, yeah, so I, I started off the, the this whole program with this little joke and that's what the whole program sort of turned into me you know how how do we sort out this issue of, of the fridge so seeing the fridge as a if we fridge breaks down you replace it you repair it and I think as the whole program it sort of all pulled together so basically I did this whole presentation around starting with a fridge I went through it all and then came back to it, I'll fix the fridge. So that was it. So, so I thought I was quite clever doing that. You know, it was a bit, bit of my schoolboy humour as well. And then I had one of the execs came up to me afterwards and I had a private word. And he said, your presentation was really good, but, but there's nothing funny about finance. I was like, oh, okay. And um, <laughs> so I thought, no, this is my chance now. I'm going to use that because, yeah, that just hits the nail on the head. You know, that I've gone through all of this and made people laugh. I saw him laughing. But then he came up to me afterwards and made the point saying, there's nothing funny about finance. Okay, I'm going to make a note of that. (laughs) Uh, No, it's brilliant. But was he coming from the perspective of don't make light of it? You know, what was his message to you? Or actually, I just, you know, stay out of humour. It's not for you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, perhaps he was saying that. No, I think it was perhaps he was concerned that I'd put too much humour into the presentation uh, rather than being deadly serious about the subject. I, I had to argue that I'll probably you know I, there was a, there was the right balance there, and you know people enjoyed it. So you know everyone else came up to me afterwards and said, "Yeah, that was really good. You know, you got your point across, and also it was funny." But yeah, there was one person who just said, "Yeah, that you know, there's nothing funny about finance." So there's always one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I take I take your point, but yeah, carry on. Yeah, <laughs> but little did he know the influence he'd have over your That's life. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. <laughs> But also, I bet, do people remember the points that you were trying to make, Robin? Because storytelling is 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 a skill, isn't it? It, it? it certainly is, yeah. And I think I think you did. I think, you know, I think 
that's that thing, you know, it's, it's a lot of it is around, you don't appreciate what people are telling you until you experience it yourself in a lot of cases. You know, so there's that whole thing around, you know, you can tell a child not to touch something hot, don't touch it, it's hot, it's hot, it's hot. Until they touch it and realise what happens, you know, they, they don't listen to you. So it's that, it's that whole thing there. And I think, you know, when it's going back to childhood again, you know, you think about when you were a child, what are the things you remember from your childhood? It probably when people were telling you stories. It's not the thing what you, sh- what you should believe, it's when you're using your imagination and actually understanding it for yourself. So I think sometimes that's the, the, the power of storytelling, is it, sort of through that. So people probably came away from that presentation and said, oh yeah, we talk about fridges. There was something about fridges in there. But then also, you know, there was also some other salient points that I would have picked up and, and, and remembered about it as well. So I think it's that, you know, it, that storytelling is, is so powerful that, yeah. And it's, especially then bringing it back to finance in terms of, you know, we, we talk a lot about numbers and, you know, sales are up, but costs are down or costs are up as well. If we could bring it all together and say, yeah, sales are up X percent, and that's meant we've needed additional agency spend of this amount and, and all, all these types of things, you know, it's bringing it all together and telling that story, bringing that number, the sort of those numbers to life. Absolutely. And on your website, I read a brilliant story that you've written about bringing numbers to life, numbers that are special to you. <laughs> yes. I was trying to demonstrate with that around, you know, if I give you just some numbers, what do they mean? So the numbers are used, the number six, the number 2015, the number 15, and then I think there was a 107,398 around that number. So, so, so it's like, you know, if I gave you those numbers, what, what would you do? You'd probably look at them for a second, see if there's any sort of pattern and then, and then just move on with your life. You know, you've seen them. What, what can you say about it? So, so then it was like, okay, so if I could tell you how, what they mean to me and what I mean when I put those numbers down, that it gives some sort of meat on the bones. So the, the bit about me, about number six, was around when I was six years old, I won a fancy dress competition at Butlins. Um, so, yeah, Butlins is a holiday camp for those who aren't aware. My mum and dad, in their wisdom, dressed me up as a matchstick. So, um, <laughs> so, I, uh, so I had like red crepe paper on my head. So this was the time before you could buy fancy dress outfits. I had to make it. Um, You're yeah. not that old. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's like, it's this young complexion I've got. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I had this red, red crepe paper on my head. I was wrapped in like a big white sheet of paper. And, it, and my daddy in his wisdom had written strike a light on me. And, and, and I, that was it. So, so I was a match. And I, and I won this fancy dress competition when I was six years old. So, that, so that, that's number six. Then the next one, so 2015, I'm a, I'm a proud father of, of three children. Um, so I've got a son who's nine years old. And then I've got twins, uh, boy and girl twins, who, who are now, oh now five. <laughs> I tried to work it out. Um, so yeah, so, so they were born in 2015. So obviously that's a special year to me. There's a whole birth story that perhaps we don't want to go into but they were born very early they were born 10 weeks early and wow. um, my wife was still at work when they were born so she actually gave birth to them at work Jesus um, so yeah so there's a whole yeah so I actually missed the birth because um she had given birth to her before I'd got to the to her where she works because she works in a school so she, wow. luckily, she, went, 
It was in the toilet at the school, luckily not in the classroom. But yeah, so there's a whole story around that. But yeah, so 2015 was a, a, a sort of a memorable year. And the kids and then, were fine, 10 weeks. Oh, they were fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah, no, they were fine. So they were in hospital about six and a half weeks okay. um, in the in the high high dependency ward. But yeah, they're fine now. And yeah, yeah, norm, normal um, annoying five year olds, I guess. <laughs> you mean fun, don't you? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, so that's that's two thousand fifteen. And then I guess fifteen is is the number of years I've worked in distribution and logistics. So it's quite some time now. And I think you know. When we're young, we, you know, we think we know it all and it's all of this, you know, we can take on the world. But I think, you know, after 15 years in logistics and distribution, it sort of get, opens your eyes to a lot of things. And it's that you can build on that experience. So that's that's the 15 and then the 107,398 was around. That was the amount of times I probably listened to Baby Shark. My twins went through a phase of that was the only thing they would ever listen to. So Luckily, it's, it's died away a little bit now, but yeah, it just went on forever and ever. And once you get that song in your head, you just can't get it out. <laughs> Luckily, I don't know what that song no, is. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. You don't want to know. Don't Google it. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> no intention of it. Oh, my. Wow. But that, that really does bring numbers to life. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that was what I was trying to demonstrate is that, yeah, we... We see these numbers everywhere, but what do they actually mean? We've got these numbers, and this is what they mean to me. There'd be different numbers that mean something to you and to everyone else. And then when we get into a business context, I think it's very easy to just display a sheet of numbers. And people will look at it for a second and then forget about it completely. If you can build that story around it and make them understand why these numbers are important, what they tell us, and what it means for the future. We're very much in finance still, I think, of looking at the past. What have we done last week? What have we done last month? But if we can then try change that conversation to, okay, this is what we did last week, but what can we do this week to make things better? Then that's how we push things forward. Mm, absolutely. And I suppose maybe when people look at numbers, I don't know, because, and maybe this is the wrong question, <laughs> numbers mean something to us anyway, I guess. We like them and everything. But if yeah. you don't like numbers and suddenly somebody can help it relate to your own life, yeah, maybe you never even thought of it like that before, but you had a fear of numbers and just kind of went, ah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's things like when you're doing the good old variance analysis, you know, we say we're overspent by, I don't know, £20,000, for example, this week. Now, what does that mean, really? You know, that means you can buy a new car. You know, so put it into things that people understand. You know, that means you can buy, I don't know, how many, uh, 200, 300, 400 iPhones or whatever, or you know, MacBooks or whatever it may be. So it's that, make it you know, real for people. We could buy another 200 desks. That's, that's what that means, because we've overspent by that or underspent by that. Yeah, and that's not to say that that's what we're going to do, but you know, it just puts it into context that this is what it really means. Twenty thousand pounds. Now, if you've got a big budget, that might not be a lot. If you've got a small budget, that could be make or break. But it's you know, what does it really mean when you put it into your own context of your own life and what you really understand? Yeah, and so your approach, humor, and everything does it break down barriers, Robin? Do you think? Do people come to you when they have issues rather than hide them from you? Or... <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I think we still there's still an element of on finance, so people don't particularly want to talk to finance sometimes. But I think it does it does make you more approachable if you can bring some of your personality to the table. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be funny all the time. Humor is it can be you know, different things to different people. But yeah, I think it does definitely make you more approachable if you can you can make people see that you're a person, not just the finance board in the business. It's amazing, isn't it? And I think, you know, you used the phrase earlier on human skills. And yeah. I find it funny, like peculiar, not ha ha, yeah. <laughs> that we have to remind each other that we're human. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that there's a person behind the stereotype or the job title or whatever. I mean, in a way, you think we just get rid of departments yeah. or something. I don't know. Like, what causes this? How do we forget to be human? Yeah. I think I think it is because we're very task driven, especially sort of in business these days. Pressures and we need to get the job done, especially, I guess, in, in my industry, it's getting boxes out of the door so that we can get them delivered to customers. Yeah, that's that's what everyone's focused on. You know, we're not particularly focused on having the chit chat these days. We're all working remotely anyway, mainly, obviously, apart from the, the warehouse staff. So we need to just get on with the job. And I think the whole remote working thing doesn't particularly help because you can't have those, those sort of just, I mean, like a water cooler moments or just, you know, you can't just go to someone's desk and start having a little chat with them. You have to formally or sort of put a, yeah, that's it. Put, put, a, put a calendar invite in so we can have a call at a certain time. And that sort of takes away that element. So I think that's what we're probably missing at this moment in time. But yeah, and I think that's a big part of it is just talking to people. Sometimes in finance, we, we don't want to get out in the operation. We'd prefer just to sit at our desk or in our office and let our spreadsheets do the talking, emailing out to everyone and, and hope that they read them. And it just doesn't happen. If you get an email from someone with all these numbers on, yeah, I'm not really interested. I've, not, I've got stacks of other things to do. You know, I can't, I can't be dealing with that. So I think sometimes it is best just to take that time, get everyone together, take them through the numbers and do what we've spoken about, explain it in a way that they can understand that they're comfortable with. Because sometimes I suppose we're as guilty as everyone else of, of sort of we have, we have our own acronyms, we have our own way of speaking, that whole language thing. If we can speak in the way that they understand, so from my distribution background, you know, in their sort of productivity, it's all about hours, it's all about, you know, the number of parcels that we can get churned through the business. You know, so it's that whole, you know, speak the way that they want, they understand and they work, but then also make them aware of, their I suppose it's their their work to the bigger picture as well you know what what they do how that impacts the bottom line effectively when we get to it <clears throat> and I suppose being able to solve problems for them oh absolutely yes yeah yeah and I think that's that's the big thing if you're not approachable they won't come to you and they won't get you involved and you only get involved in and you're reacting at the end of a process rather than being involved from the beginning being able to help and and identify potential issues along the way mm. and if humor isn't your thing maybe yeah. what are the other ways that people can break the ice and approach people person to person human to human i think a lot of it is is just probably getting getting in, in i think that relationship piece is, is the starting point so 
I don't think conversations have to be about work all the time. And I think that's where you can start breaking down the barriers. So, you know, talking about the weather, talking about family, you know, at the moment, you know, it's what have you been doing? Well, not a lot because we can't do anything. But, you know, (laughs) hopefully when the things come, we come out the other side, it'll be that side of things. So I think a lot of it is around as well, understanding yourself. So, you know, what is your purpose? What are you trying to achieve? Um, what are your values how do you want to work and then you can try and start building that skill set and understanding from other people how they want to work and that sort of helps you work together so it's that I guess there's an element of compromise in that in that piece as well and it's that showing an interest you know asking the questions showing an interest you know asking those you know it might seem sort of me you know, the small talk, which some people aren't. We're not particularly good at, especially you know finance people. And stereotypically, we're not we're not good at that small talk piece. So I think that's it. But then once you've once you've got past that barrier, it's building that relationship, having the cooperation, understanding what people really you know want from you and what you can do for them as well. And then it's that whole getting noticed. So, you know, you can get noticed. In, in your workplace by what you do but you can also get noticed on social media and that side of things as well just to I guess it's that whole personal branding type thing but also in in your workplace you'll only get noticed by the work you do and the, the relationships you have and if there's a pro, an interesting project coming up that you might get asked to be on because people recognized oh yeah I like I like the work they've been doing and they're, they're a really good character you know they bring some personality to the office so it's that sort of thing as well that gets you noticed and gets you brought into to potentially the more interesting projects away from the hum to do, humdrum of day job, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting the asking questions and being curious and so on, because I was thinking about this growing up. I think curiosity was kind of beaten out of us in a way. You were told you were being nosy. And there's a yeah. big difference between being curious and being nosy. And I wonder if some of us bring that to the workplace where we don't ask questions in case it seems like we're going too far or something. Yeah, I oh, know. I agree. And I think sometimes it's you don't want to ask the questions because they're silly questions. But you know, in my experience, there's, there's no such thing as silly questions. You know, it's just you're learning, you know, and. And I think sometimes people take that as a compliment as well. So, you know, you shouldn't be afraid to ask questions. People like like you to ask the questions and you like them to learn from them because they've got the knowledge. So why not use them to get your to build your own knowledge? And that helps, especially when you're talking to operations people, marketing people. They they know their job, but you want to help be able to make that connection between the numbers you're producing and the job they're doing. And that's and that's the big thing. So I think it's that, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a circular sort of process. And I think we shouldn't be afraid to ask questions. Like you say, it's difficult because I think, like you say, when we're young, yeah, it's that whole why, why, why is the question. And then we sort of get beat, that beaten out of us a little bit. You know, and that's, you know, there's that whole thing around laughing as well. You know, there's some, some research that backs up that when you're probably seven, eight years old, you laugh 150 times a day, perhaps. But when you get to, I'm sure it was like 23 or something, that reduces down to, you know, not more than 20 times a day. Oh, and it's sad. that. Yeah. So it's that. I think that, you know, that, that innocence of childhood, perhaps, that we lose as we get older, we just need to try and cling on to, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. Because I heard somebody say recently that the opposite of 
play isn't work, it's depression. Right. So actually remembering what brought you to life as a kid will help you in the workplace to do your job better. And whether that's laughter or asking why a million times a day. (laughs) Gosh. And the other thing I wanted to pick up on there, Robin, was you said about getting noticed and the things that you can do. But I think you'll also be noticed for not doing or for not trying to be noticed almost. You know, if you stay very quiet in your corner... Yeah. Then you'll be known for that. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And I guess perception is a is a dangerous thing, isn't it? And that's and you know I've probably suffered with that in the past uh, of not pushed myself out of my comfort zone. And and people like you say you, you're quite right. People do notice that, especially if it's a finance office. It's very easy to just stay within those four walls and and do the emailing, do the spreadsheets from there. But I think to to really sort of push on in your career and make yourself known is to get out there and be within the operation even sometimes just being in the canteen of a lunchtime you know and talking to people in there that just makes the biggest difference because people then see you and understand who you are what you're doing uh, rather than oh he's just that finance guy we don't talk to him i guess it certainly is that comfort zone thing that you need to try and you know small steps make a big difference but if you don't make the small steps at all, then you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And I suppose one of the better small steps is getting to know someone outside of your own department. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And if you've got you know, business stakeholders or, or you know, whatever it is, someone someone who works in a, like you say, in a different department uh, and you can, I guess, you know, not befriend them, but just have a you know, a chat with them. So when you do see them passing in the corridor, you just have a little chat or in the lift or whatever it may be, then yeah, that, that breaks down so many barriers because then they start thinking about you. They might talk about you. They might go back to their department and say, oh, I suppose that finance guy is he's not as bad as you thought. <laughs> so, so yeah, and then you know, the next time someone else from that department sees you, they might say, well, actually, I'll have a chat with him because he seems right. So I think it's that... Building and that that again, like you say, it builds that network and that that getting noticed piece. And tell us about getting noticed then on LinkedIn, Robin, <laughs> because you, this is where I came across you in the first instance. And it looks uh, certainly from the outside that you've built a huge network, which requires in this day and age we compete for attention. Yeah, so no, you've, absolutely. You've you've yeah. you've garnered or gained that attention. And uh, yeah, and I think so. I guess some of it was intentional, and some of it has sort of happened just because of circumstance. So I've been on LinkedIn, I suppose, like a lot of people for a long time, but really didn't do anything with it. And then I started using it a bit more regularly, probably three years ago. I'd say something like two, three years ago. And it was just, just I think the, the sort of the, the big barrier was posting something. So you know. Uh, it's easy, very easy to go through and like things, isn't it? That sort of thing. But I think, yeah, which it, what's I posted my first post, which, which was sort of the, my first delay really into, into social media, really, you know, it sort of snowballed from there. And I, when it's the lockdown started, the first lockdown, which is a long time ago now, uh, <laughs> 10 years, I think. <laughs> yeah. And um, I thought, because, I, I, you know, I like puns and I like jokes. So I thought I'll start putting posting some of them up and see if people appreciate those purely because they made me laugh more than anything, and and, and yeah, you know, people seem to like that. So 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 I've sort of kept going with it. I've 
I suppose I've read it in a little bit recently just because I don't want to be known as the person who just jokes about all the time. And so it's that finding that balance piece again, as you know, yeah, I don't want to be known as the joker, but you know, cause I've got some serious stuff that I, I want to push out there as well. So, but I think it seems to be working well. And like you say, I've got, you know, I've found what they call it a tribe perhaps uh, for people who you know really enjoy what I do. And you know, I'm really grateful for that support as well. Yeah, and there is a lot of thoughtful stuff you put out there, Robin. And and that's probably where I came across you more than the humor side, perhaps, because you do, I think, Thoughtful Tuesday or something. Yeah, Thinky Tuesday. Thinky yeah, yeah. Tuesday, that's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And there's been some great discussions on there. And it's fantastic that people interact and you always ask a question as well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I think it's that piece. And I think people like to get involved in a conversation. So, you know, I'll purposely try and respond to every comment. And what I really like is when people then start replying to each other's comments and it just creates that conversation and, and then you can read through it and think, yeah, I didn't really think of it that way or that's a different way of framing things. So it's, you know, and that sort of then sparks other ideas. So I think it's, you know, it's really good in that way. And I like it, you know, that people do feel like they can get involved and that, I guess it's that open and approachable type atmosphere as well that no one judges them and I think that's the good thing about LinkedIn is that you are public people know who you are and where you work so it's not like a Twitter or a Facebook perhaps where you can be a troll because you know you just use a funny name and I think there's more accountability on LinkedIn which means that you don't get so much of that negativity if people don't agree with you they'll just scroll past rather than putting taking their time to put a comment that's derogatory perhaps yeah and it's interesting what we were talking about getting up from behind your desk and going and having a conversation with someone or whatever it is but actually on LinkedIn you are doing it from your desk yes and it is a really good way of maybe building that confidence that you can network. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, because it, yeah, you, and it's people that you would never dream of meeting if you weren't on LinkedIn. I think that's the, that's the key thing, you know, because I've got people that I'm, I'm connected with and I, I've spoken to, you know, and it's taking that conversation offline as well. So, you know, the people in Canada and China that I've spoken to on Zoom and Teams, because, you know, we've got this technology now and it's, now that that builds your confidence as well. So you know you, you interact in writing. You know it goes to the direct message type arrangement, and then you know you can speak to people face to face, and you actually get to know people. Which yeah, and it's like you say, it's those small steps. You know, once you once you you can sit at your desk and be a bit of a keyboard warrior, but you know it's then taking those those conversations to the next level, and I think that that really helps. And yeah, it's people that you'd never dream of speaking to because. Don't know they're out there. I know it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and they're just yeah. at your fingertips, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that's the joy of technology, isn't it? And I guess no, without that, I wouldn't be speaking to you today. So you know, it's good. Yeah, no, <laughs> it is. And people are around the world listening. That's it's it. Yeah, kind yeah. Of crazy. That's it. Yeah, you take a step back and you think about it. And, you know, it's just bizarre, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I often think like, what? How would I explain this to my grandmother? Because yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> My grandmother is dead a long time now, but she lived to be 97. Right, wow. And uh, I did women's studies when I was about 21 or two. And she wondered if I was going to learn how to cook and sew. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the whole the old uh, Women's Institute type thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I can't imagine trying to explain what I do now to her, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's it. And I suppose, you know, it's only been enabled by the technology we've got now. Um, you know, because you imagine 10 years ago, if we were in this situation with lockdown and the rest, it'd be, be a totally different situation yeah it wouldn't it just be yeah crazy and it's it's that whole joke i guess that peter k used to do one of his stand-up gigs was about when when you're talking to your children or grandchildren you know oh in my day we only had sky plus and netflix and playstation 4 that's all we had yeah it's just it just sounds crazy (laughs) it does really doesn't it but one of the fondest memories I think I have of your LinkedIn posts was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was, see, this is me trying to be creative. And <laughs> he, he says finance can't be creative in a good way. <laughs> Not yeah, creative no. accounting now, just creative finance <laughs> professionals. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll try to be careful there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I just changed the lyrics to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air just to give it a bit of a finance vibe, I guess. Um, so, yeah, and that, that seems to go down well. I've, I think I've posted that twice now just because, you know, why not? Let's do it, do it again. Oh, I um, think it could, probably could go out every week, Robin, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I get, the trouble is I keep getting asked to sing it or do the, <laughs> or do the Carlton dance to it. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen, I don't think. <laughs> don't worry, I, I won't ask you to sing it. So I'll spare yeah. you that. <laughs> And then you get your kids involved as well. Yes, yeah. No, so they, they yeah, because recently we've been had the snow. So, so a couple of videos are there. But I think no, sometimes it's a, a bit of a shoehorn of a business type lesson in there as well, but and a bit of motivation. I think, yeah, recently I put my daughter was, was dressed as Elsa and went out into the snow. She wanted to be Elsa in the snow. So, so I thought, you know, I put that out there, a bit of a motivation, you know, you, you can achieve your dreams, that side of thing. But yeah, it's, it's and yeah, they, they, they enjoy it. It's, it's a fantastic platform. I really enjoy being on there. And did you always know you were good at writing, Robin? Was it something um, you enjoyed? I, I think at school, it was something that I had to do because <laughs> I was told to. But I think as you get older, you make your own choices. And and I think the reason I started on LinkedIn was that we had young children, so they were very young at the time. So it was, you know, we didn't really go out at night. So very similar to where we are now. <laughs> yeah, <what's changed? laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and, you know, and they say you need to get a hobby. You need to do something in the evening rather than just sitting and slobbing in front of the TV. So, so that's what started it. And, you know, I thought and I quite enjoy writing. Yeah, and I saw... Um, Anders, Anders Lee Lindbergh had started putting a lot of articles and things on. I suppose that inspired me a little bit as to, you know, there's a finance guy there, you know, writing articles. He's very much, you know, focused on the finance sort of side of the world. But mine, I guess mine, I tried to spread my wings a bit further and look at the culture and, and de- various different things. And um, so, so I don't sort of put myself into a, into a bracket of a finance type poster but i do know about finance obviously and you know but as you know i think what it is from my point of view is there's more to the world than finance so it's it's, it's having that breadth of information as well yeah but also it's about who you are oh absolutely yes yeah, yeah because yeah. you probably would never sit down and just talk finance no no <laughs> no 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 that's it like, that, that'd be quite boring if i was <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who you're talking to, yeah, Robin. Yeah. 
I'm <laughs> before I get a little dig in there. <laughs> See, uh, well, hopefully that's not a reflection of this conversation. Oh, right? absolutely not. No, no. But one of the things you talk about is like that the the it's like a marriage between finance and the rest of the business. It's a partnership. And and yeah. somebody else I had on actually said to me that they think that sales and finance needs to be married but that's the only way that it works but yeah tell us about the marriage analogy yes yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was a metaphor i was using uh, you go through this this sort of relationship process if you like so through the interview stage into a new job it's like getting to know each other type thing then you start a new job and you get to know each other a bit more you probably find out things that you didn't know about each other before it blossoms and i think you know that's when you're working as a, as a business partner that that's that's really vital that you can work with the people and get on well and and you know you sort of be able to start preempting what they're going to ask about and how they work so so you'll know you've got you can get things ready so you come to a review a weekly review period review yeah you know what they're going to ask about you know what numbers are going to matter to them. you know that there's something if there's something a bit adverse or favorable yeah you know, that's the thing you want to focus on and, and tell them about. So, so, and you get to know each other. So like you do in a marriage and it, it needs to work both ways. There's that whole compromise piece that not one partner can, can, can sort of be too dominant. It's, it's a bit of give and take, but you, you know, I think understanding at the end of the day, you're both working together and you're working towards the same goal. And, and that's, that's the key thing, you know, I suppose in 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 marriage and and in um, the business as well we want to work together we want to achieve the same things we've got those same aspirations mm. and much like anything as well in a team i suppose isn't it robin oh absolutely yeah no the metaphor yeah could be stretched out in many different ways i guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah. brilliant well thank you so much for your time today for the the fun and the laughter <laughs> as well as your reflections on how finance can really add value and be themselves. Yeah, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Great. Take care. Okay, take care. Bye. A question that I ask all of my guests is, how can somebody listening connect with you? And during the recording with Robin, I forgot to ask that question. It just went out of my head. I'm only human after all. So if you are interested in connecting with Robin, you can find him on LinkedIn and you can go to Nothing Funny About Finance, his website, which is nfaf.co.uk. That's nfaf.co.uk. And Robin is also on Twitter. As soon as I realised my error after the recording, I sent Robin an email and apologised and told him that I would do this little voice memo instead. Juice to Robin, thank you all for listening to Life Beyond the Numbers. Thank you for listening today. And if you enjoyed our exploration of Life Beyond the Numbers, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with others who might also be curious about their own life beyond the numbers.